May the God of all peace, who brought up that great good shepherd of the sheep, Jesus Christ from the dead, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work. Amen. Today, our Easter sermon text is from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 4, verse 18, through chapter 5, verse 1. In hope, he, that is Abraham, believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses, and raised for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So far of God's holy word. In the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus, who offered himself as the full payment for our sins on Calvary's cross and who proved it by his resurrection from the dead, dear fellow redeemed. <clears throat> Tomorrow is an important day, April 18th, 2022. It might be circled on your calendar at home. Why? It's the deadline for filing your federal income taxes this year. Tomorrow, April 18th. I hope everyone here has that completed by midnight tomorrow. And I hope everyone here has pretty good record keeping. I looked it up on the IRS government website. They say you need to keep accurate records of your returns for at least three years. And a lot of people keep other records too. I was visiting a member in Marcazan where I was the pastor at the time. And the subject of record keeping came up, and this man said, Pastor, you should see my basement. There's box after box of records going back 20 years or more. And I said, Really? He said, Yes. All my tax returns, every bill that's paid, every receipt, every canceled check is neatly filed away. And I said, well, why ever would you keep more, say, than seven years? There's a statute of limitations, you know. And he said, just the same. It's my peace of mind. If anybody ever comes to my door and says, you owe me money, I'm going to be able to get out the piece of paper that says paid in full. So how's your record keeping? If someone came to your door claiming they owed you money, would you be able to show the paper trail that proves otherwise? If the IRS were to audit your taxes, could you produce the records they require? If not, you might be subject to back taxes owed, 
penalties that might cripple you financially for years to come. Well, people often take comfort in the fact that there's a very small chance that in a given year the IRS is going to audit you. However, there's a more important audit that's coming for each person. Yes, there will be an examination. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's likely to be soon. It doesn't have to do with dollars and cents. It has to do with debts owed to God. There's a reckoning coming when the risen Savior comes back on the last day. And it won't do any good at that time to try to show God on Judgment Day that, well, the good things I did, hopefully that outweighs the bad. That will never work. Because by the Lord's standards, heaven is a holy place and only holy people get there. You are either righteous, and that means 100% pure, or you're not. And it's the difference between heaven and hell. A person can say, I hope that I won't get audited by God in that way, but you will. A person can say, I hope my best efforts will outweigh the bad, but they won't. This Easter is not a time for that kind of flimsy, worldly hope. Rather, this Easter is the time to have an Abraham-style hope, an Abraham-style faith that says, I am joyfully certain of glorious life to come because Jesus lives. Our theme today is Easter means paid in full. And the A number one example of someone who lived in happy certainty is here in the text before us today, Abraham. Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, Abraham, called for good reasons the father of faith. After all, it was Abraham whom God called when he lived in Ur of the Chaldees. He said, take up your whole household and move, and I'll tell you when to stop when you get there. And he did it. It was Abraham who was 75 years old when the Lord first promised him. He said, look up at the stars because you're going to have more descendants than that. And the Lord told Abraham, in you and in your seed, your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And Abraham believed him. Even though he was 75 years old and his wife was 65 years old at the time, well past childbearing age, and she had been barren her whole life in the first place, outwardly it was unreasonable and irrational for him to accept that as the truth, but he did, because God said so. And between the years of 75 and age of 75, Abraham waited almost 25 more years. Can you imagine going along with being certain that God is going to make you and your wife parents? And each month that goes by, it goes unfulfilled, and the months turn into years, and it gets to be more than two decades. And by the time Abraham was 99, and his wife was 89 years old, the Lord came to him and Sarah and told them, about this time next year, you're going to have a bouncing baby boy. And Sarah hid behind the tent door and goes, ha, ha, ha. 
But Abraham believed. They both believed with their faults, of course. This is a great example of what real hope really means because no reasonable or rational person would expect these things to come true. And yet, Abraham figured, God said it, he's faithful. God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And he stood on that solid ground. Even though as the years were rolling by, that hope became more outwardly outlandish Yet we read in verse 19 and following, Abraham did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Of course it's going to happen. It's my faithful God who said so. And there was more at stake than simply that baby boy who was to be born. More at stake than Isaac. Because bound up in the life of that child was God's promise that someday the promised seed is going to come. Through Isaac and his descendant and his descendant down the line, the savior of the entire world would be born. So what Abraham put his trust in was not only becoming a parent, was becoming a citizen of heaven because he knew himself to be, have sins. He knew himself to need a savior. He knew God's promise of the coming savior was bound up in the life of the child that God promised would be born. It was all one package of God's promise of grace. Abraham didn't waver in his faith and Abraham's faith was rewarded because about Within the year of the time that God said, Mr. 99 years old, you and your 89-year-old wife will be parents, it did happen. Sarah did conceive and she did bear Isaac. And Isaac bore twin sons. And one of them had 12 sons that became the 12 tribes of Israel. And David the king was born from the tribe of Judah and through his royal line finally came the King of Kings, the Lord Jesus Christ, enthroned on a cross with a crown of thorns and finally an empty tomb when he rose in glory. Abraham knew he needed perfect goodness. He knew he didn't have it. And that's why we read in verse 22, that is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. That's that 100% perfection that you have to have to get to heaven that Abraham didn't have, but the faith that God gave him connected him to the fulfillment of God's promise and the righteousness of the coming Christ that became his. All on the surface, quite absurd, quite irrational, and today we might think to ourselves, Wow, it's a good thing that God doesn't give us something so difficult to believe now, isn't it? Well, think again. Because what God places in front of us, to outward view, to human rational view, is more outlandish than senior citizen parents. What we believe is more outwardly challenging. Let me tell you what the wide world says is so absurd. 
the wide world who doesn't know Jesus as the Savior is going to look at you, the Christian, and say, I can hardly believe what you believe. That a man who lived, was born in a small town in Israel two millennia ago, I can hardly believe you think he did the miracles he did. I can hardly believe that you think he died on Good Friday and they proved it by piercing his side with the spear and they took this dead corpse and put it in above ground tomb and that the third day that dead body came back to life. Now that's irrational, that just doesn't happen, says the unbelieving world around us. And they might go on to say, and let me get this straight, you think that this man who was dead and now is bodily alive is coming back? He's coming back to raise you from the dead? And you've been waiting for this for how long? Oh, coming up on 2,000 years? Can you see on a certain level how unreasonable, how unrational this seems to someone who doesn't know the Savior? They consider it preposterous and impossible. But that's not the hardest part. That's not the greatest challenge for your faith. The greatest challenge for your faith has to do with something on the inside of you, and the reason why it's so challenging is... You've got all kinds of evidence on the inside that speaks against it. You've got a conscience. You know when you've spoken things that no Christian ought to speak. You know when your eyes have seen things that no Christian person should see. You know when your feet have taken you to places where no Christian person ought to be. You know what that's evidence of? Guilty. Guilty. You don't keep God's commandments. You're certainly not perfectly righteous and holy. You're certainly no candidate with your sins to be raised from the dead, to live eternally with Christ. All these things as real evidence that you feel of bills stacked up, of red ink in which your heart is awash. And yet, and yet, what did God say. It's time for some Abraham-style faith. It's time for some Abraham-style hope. Not, I hope, I hope, I hope it'll be okay, but maybe it won't be. No, the happy certainty that God keeps his promises no matter what, Paul talks about it this way, beginning in verse 23. The words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake only, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. This is what the highest authority says. Even if it speaks completely against what your conscience is feeling at the moment, God says, I delivered my son for your trespasses. Yes, there's a wash of red ink of debt of sin Yes, yes, you could never pay it, but my son did. My son did with his death on the cross, and I was fully satisfied. Those debts are paid. And the proof of it, the proof of it we're celebrating today. You pay for your merchandise with good old cash. What do you get? The receipt. 
and the receipt is the proof that the payment was made and complete. What's your receipt today? For life eternal forgiveness. It's the resurrection. It's the empty tomb. That's God taking your bill and stamping it paid in full. Not only does he give you his son delivered for your trespasses, he gives you the great good news. He's raised for your justification. Justification means paid in full. It means even a sinner like you has stamped on his or her heart or soul, child of God, pure, righteous, ready for life eternal. This is hope Abraham style. And what a comfort that not only is it God's declaration of righteous in the risen Christ, even the faith to believe it, that's something that God gives too by the same power that he used to raise Jesus from the dead. Paul explains it this way from Ephesians chapter 1, praying that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And if you think about that, the power of God of the universe raising the dead Jesus to glorious life is the same power in the word of God that works in your heart. So you latch on to his promises and never let go. It's his power. It's his grace. And that makes today a day of hope, certainty, happy certainty. Makes today a day of hope, a day of joy, and a day of great inner peace. For the last verse of our text reads, Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have that peace. It's going to be challenged every single day because your conscience is going to rebel against it, pointing out your very real sins. The world is going to mock the peace that you have in Christ. The devil's going to point his finger and say, God doesn't want a person like you, and you know it. None of these things can take that peace away because it depends on God's word and promise. None of that can ever change what God has said, that in the risen Christ, you're delivered from transgression. He was raised for your justification. And so you know that you too will rise to live and reign with him. <clears throat> so got any boxes in your basement? If you're meticulous about record keeping, no doubt you do have boxes or files with statements, with canceled checks, with former tax returns. If so, good for you. It's good to have a paper trail. But what I'm really interested in today is do you have any old boxes in here? Do you have any old guilt? Do you have regrets? Do you have doubts about whether the Lord really wants you at his side in heaven someday? If so, now's a great time for spring cleaning because justified means 
God says paid in full. Nothing can contradict that. You've been declared 100% righteous, so rejoice and be at peace in Jesus. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.